0: Everybody, I'm Lee McCormick, welcome to Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast. This is episode 31, Literature, Politics, Current Events, Springsteen Fandom Volume 6. Fellow Bruce Springsteen fan John J. Kelly is here, he's going to join the show and tell us some of his stories of his Springsteen fandom. We're going to get into his thoughts on literature and politics with the boss. I'm going to start the show with a song. It's a CD that was called The Musical Mojo of Dr. John Celebrating Mac and his music. This was a tribute they did to the great Dr. John Mac Rebinac that took place in New Orleans, Louisiana. This was May 3rd, 2014. This was a great show paying tribute to Dr. John, all stars on stage. Uh, Musical director was Don was putting that band together, so it's a tight band. You had the great Kenny Aronoff on drums. And the show starts, the CD kicks off with Bruce Springsteen and Dr. John doing a duet on that great 1973 hit by Dr. John, Right Place, Wrong Time. Love that song. This is a cool thing, because Bruce had just played that day at the uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest. He'd just done a three-hour set with the E Street Band, and he was invited as kind of a special surprise guest for this event. He showed up, he opened the show, he played this song, he split right after. I guess he was exhausted. But check out this performance of Bruce Springsteen and Dr. John duetting on this great song, Right Place, Wrong Time.
1: Yeah, I've been in the right place. Must have been a wrong
2: time. I'd have said the right thing. But I must have used the wrong line. I've been in the right trip. But I must have used the wrong car. My well, head was in a bad place. And I what it's good for. I've been in the right Play, but it must have been a wrong time My head was in a bad place But I'm having such a good time I've been running, trying to get hung up in my mind Got to give myself a little talking to this time Just need a little brain salad surgery I've got to cure this insect
3: Hey, John, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. Good to talk to you here. Great talking to you, too. Thanks so much for uh, this opportunity.
0: Absolutely. I'm always uh, eager to talk Springsteen with a fellow fan.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I could do that all night. Tell
0: me about your Springsteen fandom. When did you become a fan? When did it all start for you?
3: You know, my name is John Kelly. I'm from... um Originally from Boston, Massachusetts, born and raised in Boston, and um, I uh, got turned on to Bruce Springsteen by um, by my older sister Maureen. She was uh, a huge uh, Springsteen fan in in the in the early '70s. Right,
0: right. so she was there from the beginning.
3: Yeah, she. I mean, she. She saw him in the clubs of uh, Boston, uh, places like um, uh, Charlie's Place and Joe's Bar, Joe's Place or whatever it was called. Yeah. And and uh, there were there were like four or five places that Bruce used to play in Boston and Cambridge too. You know, he used to right. play in both both places. So we were sitting, I was actually, this is how it happened, I was sitting, she was running an errand in, in Harvard Square, which is kind of a pivotal place for Bruce, as you know. Right. Uh, but, which makes it kind of serendipitous that I was. I happened to be sitting in the, um, in the passenger seat of her Volvo in 1976. I think this was probably the summer of 76. And uh, Born to Run had been out for uh, like a year. And um, uh, she was inside the building, and I was just kind of chilling, sitting, waiting for her to come back. And uh, she had Born to Run on cassette, which is uh, something that a lot of people don't, you know, don't really use anymore. It was a old, sort of an old technology of tape, a tape uh, cassette. Well,
0: it was great because cassette- it was portable, right? You could take it in your car. That was the, that was the thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, and you could also make your own. Uh, I guess you could do this with CDs too, but you, we right. used to make our make our own mixtapes on cassettes. But Absolutely. she had so she had Born to Run on cassette, and um, I was listening to the album, and by the time. Uh, jungle land finished and it was i think it was especially clarence's solo during jungle land that really transformed uh there was some kind of a shift that took place inside of my brain and and uh i i just you know sort of became a fan right then and there I bought it tickets were really easy to get in, at Syracuse at that time he wasn't you know Bruce wasn't that big in 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 that particular market anyway and uh, so I, we went I went with a buddy of mine to the show and we um, uh, you know I had heard all of the stories about the marathon shows and how great he was and stuff and i was like yeah well let's see you know let's see what he uh, let's let's see what he does and you know our seats were pretty far away from the stage but we rushed the stage uh as much as we could and (laughs) (laughs) it was back it was back on the days when there were a lot of elderly uh they used a lot of elderly people as ushers.
0: Yeah, security. Yeah, it wasn't that hard to get up front. Right?
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they were grouchy but they were, you know, they're, yeah, they're
0: not going to fight you. <laughs> they
3: weren't going to. They weren't. They weren't going to lay hands on you, right? right?
0: Yeah.
3: You know, I got to see him. At, well, you know, when we rushed the stage, I got to see him up close, and you know, just that look that he used to have in his face. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, uh, because I'm sure you've seen, um, you know, the show for, uh, that they, the, uh, from 78 that they put out in the box. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's
0: on a mission. He's proving himself after a two- or three-year hiatus, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. He was really hungry, you yeah, know. He, the I tiger. <laughs> mean, the whole band was, I think, really hungry and... and um, yeah, full of heart
0: and soul. that was the tour of the 78, that summer tour where I think the E Street Band kind of really solidified the way they play the way they interact you know some of those arrangements on those songs is great
3: yeah yeah I, I agree 100% I think what's great about the 78 tour is that Bruce and the East Street Band did so many radio, you know broadcasts, um, yeah. broadcasts yeah so I think it maybe he started at, at, in Passaic uh, with the, the show at uh, the Capitol Theater and, you know, I found out about these at, you know, much, much later right. when, they came, when they came out uh, through the magic of bootlegging. Yeah, he, there's about said, five right. shows.
0: There's like L.A., Cleveland, there's an Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta.
3: Right, it's, Atlanta, uh, Cleveland, La Roxy, uh, Winterland. Winterland,
0: yeah, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah
3: and um, that's actually, Winterland is my favorite uh, Springsteen concert of all because... I think in in the winter you know they say that the sh- a couple of shows like up in Portland and Seattle after after San Francisco were were just as good but they weren't um, you know they weren't soundboard or they weren't radio quality yeah but uh, but they were at the end of the darkness tour and um, I think the band was just about as tight as the band can possibly be right Absolutely, then yeah. so great. And, you know and if you if you go if you listen to song to you know his uh, rendition of like um, you know anything from the fever to uh, backstreets and and uh, the monologue that he gives during backstreets uh, yeah. the, the he used to give in the, in the middle of that was just incredible Hello, baby. It's
1: good to see you back again Honey, you still looking fine. It's been such a long, long time Baby, I'll remember you Outside of town, on the summer nights, now you remember that yeah, stripped down Cadillac. The one you used to take me riding in back. You're yeah, the one you used to take me riding in back. And I know you remember. We're going down and down and down on the inside. Slipping down and down and down to the inside. Slipping down and down and down to the inside. Slipping down and away. And you remember on the outside. You're crying in the street. On the inside. Slipping down and down and down on the outside. The cop's on the corner on the inside. Slipping down and down and down. And I remember I swore a long, long time ago. I swore that for you I'd drive all night anytime. Any place I drive all night. Just to buy you some shoes. Just to buy you a Christmas present. Just to check you out. Just to see how you were doing. Just to. Just the one sweet kiss just for one just to hear you say that you love me and I remember that you promised that you'd never leave without me I remember way back then you promised you'd never leave without me I remember way back then you promised and like everything else from those days you promised.
4: And you...
3: I wish that I had quit school and gone on the road <laughs> like you know a lot of people um, actually did but I didn't I, I stayed in the school so I only saw I only saw one show on the darkness tour and um, well, you're
0: one up on me so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's well, great yeah at least you got one
3: yeah and that was your I, first
0: show that was your first show right
3: yeah, that was my first show, and I, you know, now I kick myself because I listened to bootlegs of him, like at the music hall, and um, yeah, there was a stand that he did at the music hall in Boston that I really wish I had gone to. I don't know what I was listening to. I, was, I think I was listening to Elton John and uh, Yes, and smoking yeah. a lot of pot, you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's the way you gotta but, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But everything changed when. Um, you know, that was really when everything changed, and I, and and the hook, you know, was set in me, and and I was hooked, I was basically hooked for life, like everybody is after their first. Well, not every. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people are after their first Springsteen show. Yeah,
0: seeing um, seeing it seeing it live really takes those songs to a new level. My first opportunity to really go was the 2000 uh, reunion tour, which was great. I'm glad I got to see that. Absolutely, it was my first show.
3: Yeah, and, um, you know, um, that that tour was, I think, really pretty amazing just because the band hadn't played together for such a long time. It was very similar, you know, in some ways to uh, the Darkness tour, yeah. although, you know, they were a little bit older and they had experienced, you know, some success and they had some money and. So the things were a little bit different. I went to the first show, uh, I think he started in Europe on the right. re- reunion tour, right? And and I went to the first show when he came back to uh, uh, to New Jersey. I went to the first show in Jersey. And that show was just, he was on fire. And, and the crowd was on fire too. Uh, I remember, I think we had like 16th row t- seats, but, um, that was the closest I had ever been Lee right. uh, and um so it was really something else and I saw the most shows of any tour I saw on the reunion tour I, I think I saw about 12 shows wow
0: well that was such um, a great to great set list right like great you had right. Nils and Steve both up there there's just so many great moments
3: oh yeah and and that, you know they were playing a lot of um a lot of uh songs that had been released on tracks, tracks and, yeah. uh, I went to the final show of the reunion tour which was in New York City on I think July 1st 2000
0: yeah that was the last show of 10 you did 10 that that
3: month or something. oh right yeah that, that's exactly right wow. and correct um, so I, I think I went to two two of those 10 and I was living in Boston but I took the train in, to New York by myself, and I went to that show by myself. And um, that show was incredible. It, it you know, the, it's um, you can see it. It's a you know you could see it on the um, DVD for the live in New York City. Right, yeah. And like the version of um, I think Lost in the Flood that, from that show is really incredible. And of course um, when he did Blood Brothers. Right. Yeah. He, you know, and the whole band sort of came, or a lot of the band came into the front. But there was one moment during that show, uh, Lee, that really that really stunned me. And it was, it was a spontaneous moment, which I think are always the best moments. It was when, uh, it was, I think, after, after he sang 10th Avenue Freeze Out, and uh, the band was, you know, the band was getting ready for the next song. And somebody in the crowd started chanting "East Street Band, East Street Band, East Street Band," and by you know in like 20 seconds, the entire Madison Square Garden is chanting "East Street Band," oh, wow. <laughs> and it was like one of, one of those you know um, uh, you know Bruce, goosebumps or Bruce bumps moments. Yeah, that, you hear uh, you hear
0: a lot you hear a lot of Bruce. But you never hear like an E Street
3: Band chant. Yeah,
0: exactly. And right after, right after 10th Avenue, where he did that epic band intro, right in the middle. Yeah. So like the the crowd is like thrown into a frenzy like by that moment. Right. They just love these guys.
3: (laughs) Right. You know, it's like I I never thought of this before, but if if I could, if I could go back to one moment in time, uh, I think that would be the moment that I would like to go back to, just because it was. It just felt so yeah. alive and real, and, yeah, and that's great, you know, man. I remember he did that. Remember he did that preachers, uh, uh, the preachers routine where he said, "I can't, I can't promise you life everlasting, mm-hmm. but I, I promise you life right now." Right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do it better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Whatever. Where I'm going, I've seen people laugh in confusion, I've seen people laugh in the wilderness of the concrete jungle. I've seen people laugh in the loneliness of the subways, I've seen people laugh in envy over the Jersey Devils winning the Stanley Cup. I've seen people lost at the Statue of Liberty, which is actually in New Jersey. I've seen people lost in the New York Giants memorabilia, who actually happened to play in New Jersey. I've seen people lost singing the theme song, New York, New York, which come to think of it is actually sung by a man from New Jersey. I've seen people lost when a garbage man go on strike and the garbage piles it up and they keep trying to send it to New Jersey. All right, because tonight I've come across the great Hudson River on an ambassadorial mission to bring peace, love, and brotherhood to these two great civilizations. I'm here tonight. 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 To re-educate you, to resuscitate you, to regenerate you, to reconfiscate you, to recommodify you, to reindoctrinate you, to resexualize you, to rededicate you, to re-liberate you, with the power and the glory, with the power and the glory, with the promise, with the majesty, with the mystery. with the Ministry of Rock and Roll! one like my competitors I cannot I shall not I will not promise you life everlasting. the last. but I can promise you life right now and all you gotta do is raise your hand and say I ah.
3: I'm proud to say, that you know, since the Darkness tour, I've gone to every tour except for, I have to put like an asterisk asterisk next to it, um, I didn't see a show on the Tunnel of Love tour. Right. He didn't Um, play
0: many shows. Did he get up to that, uh, like the East Coast there, up to Boston for that tour? Yeah,
3: actually, it's weird because the, the tour started in, uh, Worcester. Right. And, uh... I went out there and I had like I think I had 50 bucks or 70, 70 bucks in my pocket. Uh and I was kind of kind of broke and I don't even know if I had an ATM card at, th- at that point. Yeah. And there was this really like greasy, sleazy uh scalper uh who was going around and he wanted 100 bucks for a ticket to get in.
0: That's a little exp- that's a little steep in 1987, right?
3: yeah and i just i well i just didn't have it uh, later on uh i was I was fortunate actually because i found out that um it, he was selling fake tickets so i uh-huh. probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't have gotten in anyway Bastards. so yeah yeah so those are those you know those were kind of different times because um i think tickets were a lot harder to get yeah, you had to
0: you actually. You had to physically line up at like a ticket outlet. Yeah, you, had to, you camp yeah. overnight and stuff like that. And,
3: right. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, part of that was kind of fun because it was fun, you got yeah. to hang hang out with Bruce's friends and stuff, and make new friends. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember um,
0: speaking of the tunnel of love to I remember being about thirteen years old and MTV was running a. They had a contest, like, take a trip on the tunnel of love, right? And they would run this commercial all the time. But I remember wanting to, like, you know, enter
5: this contest because he wasn't playing Toronto could possibly be hotter than a ticket to Bruce Springsteen's Tunnel of Love Tour? A ticket into the Tunnel of Love itself. Win MTV's Take a Ticket to the Tunnel Contest, and you will actually hit the stage with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and take a ticket to kick off the Tunnel of Love show. That's right, you on stage with Bruce and the band. You'll help Bruce start the show, then watch the whole concert from a VIP seat in the front row. A friend of Bruce's show put you up and hand you $2,000 cash. The band worked for years to get that ticket. All you need is a postcard. Write your name, address, age, and phone number on it and mail it to MTV's Take a Ticket to the Tunnel contest. Post Office Box 1211, Radio City Station, New York, New York 10101. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band on stage in front of thousands of screaming fans. Enter now so you can take your MTV ticket to the Tunnel of Love.
3: He didn't he didn't come out to toronto on no that tour.
0: he didn't get to toronto on the tunnel love tour but he did come like a year later on the amnesty International oh, in right Nigeria, right and i bailed right. on that i passed on it because i'm uh i wasn't a big sting uh tracy chapman fan so i don't know right. i, sh- I should have gone but you know it's a bad mistake but i was 13. yeah <laughs> yeah
3: well we all kick ourselves for different things right, uh, yeah. i I kicked myself for um, a lot. I have bruises uh, all up and down my legs, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, the when you mentioned the um, the Human Rights Now tour, Reebok Human Rights Now tour, and uh, he played in Philadelphia, and I you know I had missed the whole Tunnel of Love tour, and I felt kind of bad about that. And I was at the time I was working in radio uh i was actually a radio newscaster if you can believe it wow yeah and uh
0: les nesman reporting (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: it's been received on the wkrp teletype monster lizard ravages east coast (laughs) (laughs) officials say this lizard the worst since 78
4: has devastated
2: transportation disrupted communications and left many hundreds homeless monster lizard the wire service never lies last the B is out on the printer it's monster blizzard (laughs) turning to the local scene
3: I took the I took the train down to Philadelphia by myself again I had press credentials so I went to the press conference uh, the, the band and you know the band was staying and they were ha- having a press conference in every city that they stopped at
0: Right, raise awareness um, all that stuff yeah
3: yeah and uh, I got there like the first I was the first person to get there at like nine o'clock in the morning and the press conference didn't start till one and Mm -hmm. So I sat down in the front row, and it was this big, huge ballroom, so I didn't really know exactly where the different artists were going to sit. They didn't have any name tags or anything. Right. But um, after waiting for, like, five hours, uh, you know, out out walked Bruce. It looked like he had just woken up.
0: (laughs) Well, he looked a little disheveled at that era, right? He was like – like unshaven, and his yeah. hair was kind of messy and getting long and stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. Was
0: that cool. was... He was just about to grow his mullet for the human touch era.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So anyway, I I was able to ask him a question, which was, which was kind of crazy because, remember, I I never really saw him up close, you know, and, and now here I am about five feet away from right, him. Wait, what a moment, yeah and i asked him like uh how does this uh, it was a lousy question but i asked him <laughs> how does this tour compare to other tours that you've done but he, he actually he was very kind and he gave me a nice answer you know and we've made eye contact which is always nice with yeah. bruce right
0: he's a sincere yeah. dude no matter who he's talking to you know he's just very sincere and friendly I think.
3: yeah yeah and after the uh, press conference, I went up and I just stuck my hand out and I called out his name and I, say, I said, uh, Can I shake your hand? And uh, he signed my uh, Universal Declaration of, of Human Rights. So I have that framed. I'm looking at that right now. But right. Um, nice. that was kind of cool. That was, that was one yeah, of that's my favorites. Cool yeah. yeah. Excellent. Have you had any close encounters with Bruce?
0: Uh, just recently, I, I was fortunate to uh, get a ticket for the book signing he did here in October, up in Toronto, and uh, oh, awesome! It was amazing. It was one. There was the greatest seven seconds of my life. I'd say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know, it's, it was a quick moment, but man, he. He he looked at me in the eye. He said, "Hello, my friend." He shook my hand. You know, I, I put, wow. he, he put his arm around me. He pulled me in close to his waist. <laughs> I said, "Give me a fist, Bruce," and we both put our fists up and stuff like that. And I called him a rock wow. and roll hero. I thanked him for his music. It was perfect, you know. Wow! He he did, his, did his little cool. laugh <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> it was. It was hey, beautiful.
3: Yeah. I loved it, man. <laughs> uh, that must have been amazing. That must have been amazing. It was. I it's had, silly. Uh, I'm,
0: I'm, a, I'm a 42-year-old man, but it, it, I was immediately nine years old. I couldn't stop smiling, you know. It was... <laughs> okay. Hey, Bruce, I'm Lee. Nice to meet you, man. we do fists? Give me a fist. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're a rock and roll hero, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot.
3: I, I had an experience the other night where I saw... Um, you know Gary talented just started his his solo tour not solo tour but his uh his band tour right yeah and and they played in Detroit i i live in Detroit now moved to Detroit about 8 years ago right and um so after the show you know uh Gary was selling his cd and um you know uh t-shirts and stuff and he was signing some things and, uh, it was funny because, um, you know, I, I stood up next to him and I'm kind of a tall guy. I'm like 6'3, six, 6'4, six, and he's, he's a lot shorter than that. And he, so I was kind of like. Towering to,
0: over him, kind of?
3: <laughs> no, I was, I was trying, I was actually trying to, like, squat down a little bit so, you know, it didn't look, uh, it, it didn't look silly, but, um, I never, you know, whenever I, whenever I, I've gone backstage in my life, I've never really, uh, uh, you know, felt all that comfortable. It, it,
0: it's it's hard. Not. It's a it's a it's a certain caliber caliber level of you know musicians, rock stars that have impacted you. It's hard to, I don't know. You don't want a fanboy. You want to be cool, but it, sometimes it's hard to be cool because
3: <laughs> yeah. My sister uh, Elizabeth was, when I was at Syracuse, my sister Elizabeth was, uh, she was hit by a drunk driver, and uh, the car, that, actually the car that she was in was hit by a drunk driver, and she suffered a spinal cord injury, so she became a quadriplegic for the rest of her life. So we were talking one night, we used to have these long, just, you know, I used to go visit her, and we'd have these long talks. And uh one night she said uh she said, "Do you think I could ever get to meet Bruce Springsteen?" And I was like, uh, "I don't think that's ever going to happen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but secretly, in the back of my you know the wheels were already starting to turn in the back of my mind right right, right. I can hear it. yeah and uh so I wrote a letter I wrote a letter to um John Landau. Somehow found an address for, for where you know where he's located and yeah. um, I sent it off. Yeah, and I sent it off and uh, and I didn't hear anything back. I, this is in this is probably in '99, right at the beginning of the reunion tour. So I didn't hear anything back for about nine months to a year, and then. Um, one day I was at work and I got a, a actually a email I mean a fax they don't even have faxes anymore yeah,
0: 99 yeah we had fax machines back in
3: 99 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so I got a fax I wish I still had that and it's but it said um you know we've been trying to find you cuz stupidly I, had, I hadn't put my uh you know my email on on the letter or something like that mm. and it said uh we'd like to you know we've read your letter and we were really moved by it and we'd like to invite you and your sister to go backstage at uh you know one of the upcoming shows they said you have to buy your own ticket and there's no guarantee that you'll meet Bruce but you can go backstage and you know we'll we'll show your sister a, a nice evening awesome. so yeah but they kept saying there's no guarantee that you'll meet Bruce there's no guarantee that Bruce will come out really? um because it, it basically, you know, I think it still does kind of depend on his moods, whether whether or not he'll come out after a show. And he is a moody guy, you know, so so we know that from from his, his book. His book, and stuff yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. Before the show, like, little Steven came out, Steve Anzant, and he was great. He was, like, taking... Posing for pictures with my sister. Your Nate. sister's in a your
0: sister's in a wheelchair. She would have been.
3: Yeah, she was. In, she was in a wheelchair. Yeah. And then Nils came out. They had been pra- w- they We actually got to wa- this one. Uh, this was really great. We actually got to watch um, part of the sound check, and the song that they were sound checking was Roulette. Yeah, it was amazing because r- they. Had, I don't think they had played Roulette too much. But at this particular show, they opened with it. The crowd just went crazy when they opened with it.
4: This are
3: to see the sound check and and then like I said um there were a bunch of people in this back sort of backstage area this is this is before the East Street lounge and um there were there were a bunch of like radio people and and uh you know record record industry people
0: what city was this in there
3: this is in Hartford Hartford. uh, Connecticut yeah so it's in I think this is probably April of 2000 right and it was the se- I think it was the second night in Hartford, and uh, it was the night that he opened with roulette. And it, 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 the other thing that happened that night was that during the intro to um, Honky Tonk Woman, he he I mean uh, dr- I'm sorry. Darlington? During the intro. Yeah, during the intro to Darlington, he played a little bit of Honky Tonk Woman.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I've seen he did that. I've seen he's done that a few times. I've seen that at a show. I think once. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's, uh, that that guitar that guitar uh, lick is 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 taken. You know,
0: yeah. th- they're just vamping on that G riff on the top of the song. You know,
3: right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, are you are are you a guitar player?
0: Yeah, I'm a guitar player, drummer, singer, songwriter. I've tried, I've oh, tried great. it all. I've tried it all. You know,
3: <laughs> that's great. The, you know, the show went by, and it was uh, it was an amazing show. And uh, we were getting ready to leave, and all of a sudden I felt somebody tap me on the shoulder. And it was Barbara Carr from, uh, you know, Dave Marsh's wife. Yep. And, and she works with she John She works with John, yeah. Yeah. She said, are you and your sister still interested in meeting Bruce?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to get out of here. We've got a big day tomorrow. We gotta...
3: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, well, what did she expect me to say? I know, right? So I said, uh... Yes, that would, be, that would be really nice. So they, it was unbelievable. I mean, there were celebrities. Ed Burns was there, you know, you know, the actor, Ed Burns. He was there, and there were, like, a whole bunch of people backstage, but they took us uh, back to Bruce's dressing room first, and uh, Bruce spent, like, probably about 15 minutes just talking to us and answering wow. questions. Posing, you know, he posed for pictures, and, and so this I, is you know, after
0: a, this is after a three-hour show, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he looked like he you know, it's like the marathon runners; they look like they could run another marathon. He, he looked like he could have uh, played for another three hours. I'm
0: sure he could. I'm sure he
3: could. <laughs> and I look, I look completely wiped out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, before he left, he gave my sister a uh, really nice. A little peck on the cheek, and um, said goodbye, and she started crying and stuff. It was pretty emotional. Oh, I
0: must have meant the world to you, sister.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. It it meant everything to her. She didn't, you know, she she was in a lot of pain, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because she, in addition to her spinal cord injury, she also broke her back. But it was a great night, and unfortunately, we lost her four years later. She passed away but i'll always you know have that night to, to remember and i'll always be uh you know I t- everybody i tell this story to uh, i say i'll always be really indebted to um bruce springsteen for doing that you know because yeah. he didn't really have to, he doesn't have to do that nope. you know and he he he's such an empathetic guy that it's just incredible
0: that's amazing I'm glad yeah. she got that night, and uh, I'm sure for those that five or six hours that night, she was feeling no pain. You know.
3: <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You're exactly right, and um, I like to think about that when I think about her. So that um, was that was a really fine evening. admiration for um for musicians when when I was at the Gary talent show the other night he, he he has a really good band that's backing him and he's a great musician himself he was playing guitar not bass yeah his uh, but,
0: his new album is kind of like rockabilly kind of 50s r- yeah real, real rock and roll kind of stuff right
3: yeah really fun sort of um you know roots and Americana type music People were like yelling off Thunder Road and stuff, and I knew he wouldn't do that. But he played. Uh, he did play um, oh, from d- small things.
0: Right, right, right. I did. I did hear that from small things. Well, that kind of fits in with his kind of rockabilly bag that he's doing. Yeah. Right?
6: Well, geez, this, is, uh, this has been great. Thank you for coming out and uh, giving such a warm reception. This is uh, kind of a homecoming. Kind of. it's up for rock and roll? Um, I think I don't know. Maybe somebody came out tonight here, the, thinking they might hear a Bruce Springsteen song. No. Um, no. Well, um, I do have one that I, I want to do, only because whenever uh, whenever Clarence had a chance to request a song. He always chose this song, and I never, had a, I never had a chance to ask him whether he really liked the song or it was just there was no saxophone in it. So he got to take a rest. So um, I, I guess I'll never know, but I've always liked the song, so I, uh, I, thought, I thought I'd give it a try. Woo! At sixteen, she left high school. Find a fortune in the promised land Got a job behind the counter Of an all-night hamburger stand She wrote faithfully home to Mama She said, Mama, don't you worry, none fun things, Mama, big things one One day come
3: mixed to it, it was in a, a pretty small bar right outside of Detroit and um, there were only probably about 400, 400 people or so in the crowd so it, it was a um, it was a very intimate setting you know and cool. uh, it was a lot of fun One thing that happened that night that when I went back to uh, with my sister to um, to meet Bruce. Is that I, I I handed them a, a book, because I cause I, always, I always like whenever I meet musicians I like to bring them something you know because people yeah, are cool. always people are always asking musicians and actors and celebrities for stuff but I like it to be more of a two way street you know
0: yeah that's cool yeah very cool
3: but, but uh, I handed them a copy of. Um, uh, a book that I really loved uh, um, is called The Border Trilogy, three three different novels by Cormac McCarthy. He's an artist that I think a lot of Springsteen, I mean, he's an author that, that I think a lot of Springsteen fans would really enjoy because he writes a lot about sort of the Tex-Mex border, Right. and, and Bruce sort of covered that a lot in the ghost on um, the ghost of Tom Joad and also uh, a little bit more on, on Devils Devils and Dust. Dust. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're looking for, if, if you'd like to read and you're looking for a new author, I highly recommend uh, Cormac, Mac- this guy Cormac McCarthy. He's an old guy, but uh, um, I think he's probably, you know, my favorite writer living today.
0: We were, you, you you'd mentioned Bruce on literature and how uh, the influence that some certain literature and authors have had on his songwriting, right? He, I think he had mentioned um, that Joe Klein book, uh, Woody Guthrie of Life, being his, f- right. his favorite book. And how that he had read that book like in the late 70s, and that really kind of changed his outlook on his uh, music career, his songwriting, and how he, he absorbed some of Woody's kind of folk music, music uh, values and ethics kind of thing, right?
3: Yeah, and I think you know, I think Bruce has been really um, lucky because I think he's, you know, he, I think he's always had uh, like managers and, and and people around around him, starting with you know Tex Vineyard and and Mike Capel and John Landau, guys like that who have um, sort of surrogate fathers to him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had a difficult relationship with his father growing up, and so i think I think you need that when um when when you go through that with a difficult childhood and so I think John landau you know probably has had a big effect on him when it comes to politics and literature and uh, suggesting different books and stuff but but he's you know Bruce has talked about. Steinbeck, of course, because of um, the grapes of,
0: grapes of wrath. Yeah. I, read a, I, did, I read a story uh, about that. Like he Ghost of Tom Joad is kind of based on the grapes of wrath, right? But I think Bruce admitted that he didn't read he didn't read the book until after he'd written the album. Like yeah, it, the, the, yeah. It, the album was kind of based on the Woody Guthrie song, the Ballad of Tom Joad. And he right. I, think, I think he said he saw the, the movie as well, but he hadn't read the book.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly right, and um you know I, when i it, it's it's wild if you listen to if you listen to an interview with Bruce from like nineteen seventy four and then and then you compare it to an interview with him from say last year, it's just like night and day I, I, yeah and uh he's really a self educated man that is, that inspires me to sort of you know. I mean, I think I think learning and reading and and, and being curious about different things is a, is a really important part of um, just just uh, living a full life.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you never stop learning. You never stop trying to improve yourself. And I think he's. Yeah. You know he's he's really grateful for his career and his craft and his songwriting and he, he looks for inspiration everywhere. Like he's 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 a music fan still. He's still a fan of the arts. You know like film and yeah. you know books and these. He's got his he's got his ear ear to the ground with politics and you know issues of the day. And he's he's still you know looking for that. You know judging the distance between American reality and American the American dream, as I think I've heard him say. You know?
3: Right, right, and uh, which which kind of is interesting because you know because i think he's in a tough position right now um i was talking to my fian- fiance about this the other day and um her name is janet and so i was talking to janet and she was uh, you know we were talking about how he um you know he he actually has been singing. About a lot of the things that you know trump supporters he, even though he he came out against Trump right before the election yeah um he he also sort of represents a lot of the people who
0: people that voted were, for trump's are springsteen y- fans, you know some of these middle class yeah. american hard working blue collar people
3: who have been left behind by yeah. you know by government and by uh, their jobs and or by corporations so i think he's in a tough spot right now because his fan base is is is, is, is very sharply divided there are a lot of people who yeah. you know who, who don't like his politics and this happened i think this happened to him before with you know when, when he got uh, when after born in, in the usa came out and then maybe again after the after he released the American skin there was a lot of controversy yeah there a was lot.
0: backlash on that you know it, when the born in the USA thing came out and Reagan used that as a you know a, yeah. a, as as, a, as promoting you know hard working americans Springsteen had to comment and say that's not what the song is about like <laughs> it's right. kind of the opposite and i guess that you know split some of his cra- any, split some of his fan base but anytime you're political. You're at risk at doing that. But I guess he's, you know, he's weighing, you know, how can, how can he be true to his values and,
3: you know, still. right. Uh, the song that uh, Joe grushecki just wrote and released, and and Bruce sang on. I don't know if Bruce ha- had any uh, any role in writing it, but yeah, I don't that think he did. Tr- I think
0: it was. I think I heard uh, grushecki wrote the song and he gave it to Bruce, and Bruce was like, "Yeah, I like that. I'll sing with you." So they did a.
3: They did a yeah. on that. What do you think of that but song? The, Have you listened to it? Uh, I I guess I'm not a huge Joe uh, Grish, Joe G fan. Yeah, uh, me and, neither. Like
0: <laughs> like I, I did yeah. hear the song but uh, uh, apologies to Joe, but it's nothing special. You know, what I mean, like it's just it's a good song. The statement is there. It's getting some headlines cuz it's anti-Trump kind of thing, but
3: uh. Yeah. Like I wouldn't pay the I don't I don't think I would pay to see Joe in concert, but on the other hand, I admire him because you know, he obviously is a lifelong musician, and he's stuck with it. and yeah, he's
0: a hard-working Pittsburgh guy. You know.
3: right, right. Exact.
0: I have a dream as
2: people always will to be safe and warm
4: in the China City on the hill. too
2: late, you. I know it's true, true. That's what
3: makes us great. I run a site on Facebook called Bruce Book. Yeah, let's talk about Bruce Book.
0: I'm a member of that. That's the, like, the best Facebook Bruce fan uh, fan group out there, I think.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lee, so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. I've, it's something I put a, I put a lot of time, probably too much time into it. <laughs> it's a
0: lot and, of fun. Uh, There's a lot of people on there, so you have to do a little moderating, I'd expect, sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And But it's, it's interesting because I, I had to, uh, you know, I have some administrators that I that helped me sort of police the board and and also contribute to the content of the the board. And we've had a lot of long discussions about it. And we decided you know, because social media is so volatile when it comes to politics, that we would just make uh, uh, Bruce Book be sort of an oasis, some place where people can come and get away from them. You know, because Mm -hmm. politics is pretty much, Everywhere you look these days, and you can't—it's hard to get away from it. If you don't mind, I just wanted to um, mention something that on Bruce Book we're yeah the Bruce um,
0: Book you uh, you have an event coming up.
3: Yeah, we do. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for mentioning. <laughs> we have an event coming up in September, and I've been working on it pretty much since um, the end of January. I think it's the first ever. W- weekend convention, for, you know, all weekend long, uh, in Asbury Park, and it's going to be um, from September 22nd till um, Sunday the 24th. So it's, re- uh, it's going to be over Bruce's birthday weekend.
4: Yeah, cool. Birthday weekend. Celebration. Um,
3: yeah, so, and it's just going to be a, a gathering of the of of the troop of the tribe. Everyone is welcome. You know, you don't have to be a, a Bruce Book member to attend. You, I really believe a lot in inclusivity, and and uh, so everybody is welcome. And Bobby Bandiera is going to be sort of the main attraction. He's playing at the Wonder Bar. I was able to. Um, book him. I'm still not sure exactly when Bobby's going to play, whether it's going to be an afternoon show or an evening show because, um, well it's really, com- I won't get into the you know, the, the politics of it, but it's it been a interesting he's going to play at some point on Saturday <laughs> uh, I thought it was an easy choice for them because he- Bobby is, um, you know, he's kind of a favorite son from uh, playing with Southside Johnny and John Bon Jovi. Yeah,
0: that whole scene, New Jersey, Asbury Park.
3: Yeah, yeah. See, uh, they, yeah. they
0: just had that. Uh, they just had that little fe- film and music festival there about a week ago, right? Where they had a big. Right,
3: right? Last weekend. Yeah, a uh, big
0: reunion. Bruce was there, and uh, little Steven, and Suicide Johnny, and uh, David Sanchez was uh, there. The kind of re- reunion there with the old. It Eastern was. A,
3: man. I mean, I would have, I would have given anything to have you know been in in the Paramount Theater for that, but. Um,
0: did you see you any know, of the clips? Have you seen any of the YouTube clips?
3: Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> what did you What did you
0: What did you think? Honestly,
3: <laughs> I thought that. Um, actually, I thought that Bruce was more into the the, the night, the second night when well, Little yeah, Steven played.
0: Absolutely, that night was good. The first night, I watched some clips and I was just, it was kind of hard on the ears. I don't know, like you could tell it was no rehearsal. Yeah. Like uh, like there's a one part where Bruce calls out Lucille, and they, they and they can't play Lucille. Like what kind of a, oh, what kind of a jam That'd band trouble. can't play Lucille? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, the second night was good. Uh, Bruce came out for the, uh, for the encore. Right, it was pretty cool. I think uh, Steve introduced him. Where's my, where's my brother from another mother?
3: Right, <laughs> right, right. Bruce, right. Bruce came That's out. Good. and
0: They That's played. Uh, it's been a long time. Which is
3: really Right. Cool. <laughs>
4: All right.
0: They did. Uh, they did. Bye, bye, Johnny. Chuck Berry tribute.
3: Oh right, yeah. right, yeah. That w- that
0: yeah. was cool. There's a, if you check out the YouTube clip, there's a <laughs> there's a fun moment where uh, where Steve kicks the song off and he's playing guitar and he does the first verse and he's going up to the four chord and he 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 misses it or something like that. He hits a different chord and you see you see Bruce over his shoulder give him a look like whoa, where are we going here? <laughs> yeah, but he recovers and it's uh, yeah they rock it out for the rest. Pretty cool. <laughs>
3: do you do you play uh do you play much springsteen covers
0: i've done live i've done um i think i've done i'm on fire i used to do like a country kind of bluegrass version of that and good. yeah there was a there was a time i was doing uh i was working on cruise ships right i was a drummer in the orchestra working on cruise ships and uh really yeah that was fun and i had my guitar with me i play guitar too and i we kind of worked up a like a little jam band where i play guitar and and sing and So someone else in the band would switch to drums and we had a little deck party thing. We used to do like just rock and roll 50s and 60s kind of stuff. And I would do Hungry Heart and everybody would dance and I would do Dancing in the Dark and fun stuff like that, you know.
3: And everybody would get drunk as hell. And <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> yep. We would be cruising
0: in the Caribbean under the moonlight, you know, and I'd be rocking some yeah. Bruce, and uh, everybody. That's
3: not a bad. That's not a bad way to, to live for you know for a few months. It's true. Yeah. I get a I get
0: a pina colada in between sets. You know, it was great.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good times. Nice. And do you feel you know, as as such a huge Springsteen fan that you are, do you feel? when you're writing songs do you feel that he you know that he influences your style
0: yeah absolutely he's one of my favorites steve earl bruce springsteen you know those
3: are, oh steve earl is great yeah, i love you know, steve Earle. those two yeah. guys are
0: my are my favorites you know I, I i'm just in awe of how they they're able to write in such a prophetic way but still have it be street level it doesn't go over your head right it doesn't the, yeah. the, the songs don't talk down to you in a in a way I think kind of Bob Dylan does. Bob Bob Dylan is is great, but I think Bob Dylan kind of goes over some people's heads sometimes, you know. Whereas whereas Bruce or Steve are kind of more street level, my opinion. But you know.
3: No, I agree. I agree 100% with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, what about drums? I mean, do you enjoy playing drums or? Drums is, uh, prob-
0: drums is probably my favorite and probably the instrument I can do best because that was my first instrument. It was kind of my first love. You know, Charlie Watts, Max Weinberg, Ringo Starr—just simple guys that just lay down a solid beat. I just love doing that. You know, that's my—that's probably my one of my favorite things to do. But I do—I yeah. do love and, the spotlight. I love being up front and singing. You know, and you can't really do that behind a drum kit the same way that's
3: oh, true yeah just one more one more plug if if, if you're interested in um, uh, attending the convention in September <laughs> yeah how can people uh, find
0: out some information about that
3: just come on uh, Bruce book on, it's, it's on Facebook you could find it pretty easily or you could send me a p.m. or an email Brucebook2017 at AOL.com. You know, I'll show you how to get registered and everything, and it's pretty easy. Uh, Registration is only $35 for the weekend, so it's a pretty good bargain. Sounds good. Yeah.
0: Cool, man. So I hope everybody checks that out.
3: Well, this has been fun.
0: Yeah, man, thanks for your time. Thanks for talking some Springsteen. Yeah.
3: And uh, you know you're welcome in Detroit. We're not that far. Whereabouts uh, do, you, uh, do you live in Ontario? Or, yeah, I'm just or
0: on, I'm, I'm just on the outskirts of Toronto, so uh, suburbs of Toronto. So Detroit's about a Detroit's about a four-hour drive.
3: That's uh, not too far. It, it's not too far. You either. know, I, I, I live in a a, a a weird section of of well, it's not weird, but I live in a section of Detroit that looks across. I I actually look out my living room window like right now. I'm looking out my window. And the, there's the Detroit River, right? Yeah. And then on the other side is Windsor, Ontario. Right.
4: Yeah. right.
3: So I, I always joke around and I tell people if things get really bad, I can, you know, probably, I can probably make it across. <laughs>
0: you can just swim, yeah. Just give me, <laughs> get your, yeah. your life preserver, yeah.
3: Yeah, maybe get a, a rowboat or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then get a get a Tim Hortons on the other
3: side there be up after that. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, John.
0: Well, thanks for the talk, man. It was great to get your uh, some of your stories there on Springsteen.
3: Yeah, thanks so much. And maybe I'll we'll catch up a, a Springsteen show in the future. I hope so, man.
0: <laughs>
7: So, oh, that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com. Communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps like Us Podcast group page, and on Twitter at TrampsLikeUsPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes where you can leave a review and a five star rating. Tramps like us Podcast is a non profit audio fanzine created by fans, for fans, and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earth love-making, viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary... E Street Band.